Welcome to Born to Sell Denver with Brian Smith and Sean Bovary. Our special guest today is Brandon Beston. Brandon, tell us a little bit about yourself. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Um, I am Brandon Beston with the Beston Homes team. Been in real estate for just over 10 years. I'm in my 11th year. Um, got lucky and I landed at Keller Williams Realty downtown when I started and been here ever since. Awesome. How can you not be successful with a name like Beston? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Beston Homes. There you go. Yeah. Buy from the best. Un. That's like right. That. So tell me a little bit about your team. Yeah. So right now it's just myself. I'm the only licensed agent. And then I have a director of operations who does all our ad- admin, marketing, transaction management. Okay. And how long has he been with you? June will be seven years. Seven years. Wow. Yep. That's really rare in this industry. How do you keep him happy and keep him working for you? Uh, we stay busy. Uh, yeah, just pay well, treat him well. Uh, I like to think we have a good culture. Uh, we're also friends. We travel together. Um, yeah. Very cool. Okay. So, uh, what kind of production are you, did you do last year? Yeah. In 2022, we did, uh, 27 units, which was just under $14 million in volume. We did about 354,000 GCI. That's after we paid referral fees. And referrals, agent-to-agent referrals is a big part of our business. Okay. And that uh, was just the two of you, right? Yep. Just myself as the licensed agent and then him doing all the back-end stuff. Okay. And then you started out this year as one of the top, I think, five or six agents in the Colorado region, right? So not to brag, but number three. Number three. (laughs) (laughs) For March. Yeah, for March. That's awesome. Yeah. I've I've been working really hard this year. Um, I think... You know, I've been thinking a lot and talking to my coach a lot about what, why I've had a successful year, especially when we hear a lot of agents struggling right now. And I think a lot of it comes down to mindset. So last year when the interest rates went up and everyone started freaking out and running around like the sky was falling, I just took the time to breathe, really breathe and, and take the time to relax because the last 18 months before that was insanity, as we all remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took the time to breathe. Just keep keep being with my people, being in communication with my people. Um, I'm not a typical real estate agent. I don't uh, lead generate. So, uh, you know, typically I don't get on the phones. I don't call people. Um, I'm not on the call on the phones nine to eleven. That's not my type of business. If that's what I had to do, I would not be in this business. Um, so I just um, did what we do and uh, stayed in contact with our people. Um, just by being face to face, doing events, we do a monthly happy hour, um, doing our postcards and our, you know, our normal marketing and social media touches. But how do you, how do you get people to your events then if you're not calling them? Uh, so we do Facebook invites. Um, we, so years ago I was farming a neighborhood and not well, when I say farming, I was sending out the postcards. That was it. Yep. We all know if you listen to past episodes that that is not the way to farm a neighborhood. Um, so I, my coach and I looked at my business and we figured out where's your business coming from? It's coming from my sphere, from my people. And so I reinvested the money that I would spend on a postcard and we did monthly happy hours. And so we do a monthly happy hour the third Wednesday of every month. So people know that it's going to happen every month. We pick a different location around Denver and, um, we invite everybody and typically not a lot of people show up but somewhere between 15 to 30 people that's a lot probably more if he called <laughs> well that's a lot of drinks to buy but it, yeah. <laughs> it blows the budget oh, good. <laughs> so uh uh yeah just we do a facebook invite we do reminders uh through social media um once in a while we'll do text reminders yeah. to remind people that it's happening um but and and we ask people to invite their friends, and that's how we grow our network. Oh, that's awesome. It's very and then cool. you pay for the drinks and appetizers, that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. What we, does that usually cost you? Uh, it depends on the location and what kind of deals they have, but typically we're somewhere between two hundred and four hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay, and and that's a pretty uh, good lead generation program for you. I don't like to consider it lead generation. I know that's what it is, and that's what my coach would call it. But it's really about building relationships. Okay, so you're working personal relationships, having face-to-face meetings. Do you find that it's like the same 15 to 30 people, or is it different all the time? Um, There's a few that always come. They always come, and they're awesome. Um, But yeah, it changes. changes month to month. 
and people right. are available. And then, um, you know, sometimes we'll do ra- a raffle giveaway if you bring a friend. We've tried different things that have worked. Do you move it around the city? Yep. Yeah, so yeah. people can commute, like... Yeah. You know, people are on the west side of town. You do it on the west. and So we mainly are doing like in Denver proper, but okay. we're we're moving around to different neighborhoods in Denver. Okay. So like this month we were at Hamburger Mary's. Mm-hmm. Um, there happened to be a drag bingo afterwards. So we reserved tables for after the happy hour and people stuck around for that. That was fun. Um, you know, we'll do something. Historians was the month before that, which is on South Broadway. So yeah, we move around. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. And so, uh, are you doing anything like email? Are you sending anything out by email? Is, is this all personal contact by phone, text, or you know, what else are you doing? How you st- well, let me add back up. How many people in your database, first of all? Uh, I knew you were going to ask that question. 1,600. Okay. Uh, a little over 1,600. And I knew you were going to ask, what does that consist of? Because a lot of my business is agent to agent referral business. So about 1,500 of those are not agents or vendors or allied resources. So you have a hundred agents and 1500 people, about 180, 180 agent people. and vendors. Yeah. Okay. So 50, about 1500 people. Okay. And so what else are you doing to stay in contact with them? Any emails? Yeah, we do a monthly newsletter. Okay. Um, and so every newsletter consists of a, a market update, let people know what we're, what we're, we've been up to personally. Sometimes we talk about things. Um, I'm an activist. So we talk about some Things that are going around that we want people to be aware of. Um, we talk about what's happening, what are the numbers, what's happening in the market. And then we talk about, we always put in our, our anything that's for sale. So a way to get our listings out there. And then also anything that's pending and, and that has closed. So, so you mentioned you're an activist. I think this is a really, really important point. You know, um, in coaching, one of the things that I come across over and over again is, you know, even experienced agents who've been in the business 15 or 20 years but they don't have a niche or an angle that they're communicating to because their fear is if I, if I take a stand on an issue any which way, right? If I take any kind of stand, um, I'm going to alienate certain groups of people, right? And so as an activist, obviously, and in your newsletter, you pointed out you're taking you're, – you're obviously stating a, an opinion on things. Mm-hmm. Does that attract or does that repel and how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple things, and and you know, I tell this to new agents all the time, and people that are thinking about getting into the business. There's over seven billion people in the world. I do not want to be all the realtors. <laughs> <laughs> there's enough to go around. I'm not going to be the right real estate agent for every person out there. Yeah, and I'm not going to put my morals to the side for money. That's just not my. That's not who I am. Um, so I'm not going to be quiet about something that's important to me because I'm worried about losing a deal. If somebody doesn't want to work with me because of something that's important to me, we're probably not, I'm probably not the right fit for them. Yeah. So, so. You, attra- you attract the percentage that is attracted to you for, for your communication, your agenda or however you want to, however you want to phase yeah. it. And, and for everybody else, it's okay. It's okay. You can go somewhere else. You know, I'll refer you to that person, you know? Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't love them and I don't yeah. want, wish them be- the best, but I'm probably not the right real estate agent for them. Um, the other thing that I can, can say is I have gotten business because of, I stand up for, for d- different things for the LGBT community for, um, I'm an, I'm a vegan. I know a lot of people don't want to talk about that, but I am a vegan. I'm a proud <laughs> vegan marked with my tattoo. Uh, but, uh, uh, no judgment on anybody, but I do, um, I've gotten business because people want to work with a vegan real estate agent. Hmm. That's interesting. That is so interesting, right? Yeah. Because they're like. I'm tired of getting shamed by, you know, my lunches with my agent, right? I want an agent I can have lunch with. Potentially. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. Well, and I think people, you know, like anything, people want to work with people they know, love, and trust. Yeah. And if you have the same values, then, you know, the trust is deeper, I think. And things in common. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big point. So is that mostly a social media thing for you? Or how are you letting people know about what you care about? Yeah, mo- mostly through social media, um, social media activists, spread the word. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I, I go out and I march for things that I think are important. Um, you know, I always try to support uh, the people that I care about and what, what, what they love and care about. So if, if somebody's going to go march, I'm going to go march with them so they're not alone. They know that there's somebody there to, you know, that has their back. Um, yeah, and then like I said, we'll, uh, we'll put 
bits and pieces in a, into the newsletter. Um, yeah, those are probably the biggest things. That's cool. Very cool. Okay. And so anything else that you're doing to generate business? You know, open houses, door knocking, anything like that? No, I don't like to do any of those things. <laughs> any of the things that... And that's okay. Typical, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, know, know thyself. That's rule number one. That's yep. right. Yeah, I mean, I'm the number one real estate agent in the office for the year to date. And I'm the number three in the state, like we said, for Keller Williams for March. And I don't do a lot of the things that a lot of other... That works for a lot of other agents. So one of the things that I focus on is agent-to-agent referral business. And I knew you were going to ask numbers, and I always like to try to remember my numbers, but I don't remember so, everything. So what are your numbers? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the first quarter this year, we closed four agent-to-agent referrals. And nope, that's a lie. That Is that principle quarter. number two? Know thy numbers. Yes. yes. Know thyself know is thyself. one. Know thyself. Know thy numbers Know thy two. numbers. We're working on a book. Or have them written down so you, <laughs> if you can't remember off the top of your head. Uh, sorry. So that four, I closed four agent to agent referrals last year, which was down for us. So four. Okay. And any idea since you have your numbers in front of mm-hmm. you dollar wise, what did you make from that? Uh, I did not write that number down, but we paid out about 24,000 in agent to agent referrals. So if it was so 25%, guess about 75,000. Yeah. So a hundred thousand gross, you paid out 25,000 in referrals. Right. So you made 75,000 and this is the group of 180 people that you have in your database that are just uh, your affiliates, your agent relationships. Is that correct? Yes. The majority of them come from the Keller Williams Rainbow Network, which I'll go into more details about that. So that that was 2022 numbers. So for 2023, the first quarter, we closed... Oh, I didn't write it down. Um, Anyways, we paid out just under $29,000 in agent-to-agent. So another hundred, another over a hundred thousand. Correct. Wow. Correct. And um, year to date, we've received eighteen agent to agent referrals. Five. Oh, I do have the numbers. Five of them have closed. Two of them are pending, and the rest are going to do something in the next six months. Oh, that's awesome. That's fascinating when you think about that. And all you're doing is is uh, if you take out the affiliates. So would you say you maybe have a hundred and fifty relationships with agents? So I'm not, I'm not in my database. Like, again, I don't do anything a normal real estate agent is supposed to do. Just agree with me. Yeah. For the sake of like making a point here, but maintaining 150 relationships and you made a hundred thousand gross last year and over a hundred thousand in the first quarter this year on 150 relationships. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 I mean, geez, that, and anybody could really do that. Right. Oh, yeah. Anybody could have a a group, and there's tons of different groups now in Keller Williams. Other than the Rainbow Network, there's there's lots of different places that you can join a tribe. Is what it really amounts Mm -hmm. to. That's the first time that this has kind of come up, I think. Well, it's it's interesting because we were talking before, and you know, I'm part of the 72 Sold Group, and I'm getting referrals. I've got three referrals through that group since January from other agents within Keller Williams, yeah, or within the 72 Sold. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, great. so so yeah, it is interesting. Like you just just get in something, get involved. Yeah, and you go, you know, you go to family reunion and and you know you network there. So let's talk a little bit about that and, and some of the stuff that you have going on to build those relationships with people. Absolutely. So yeah, like I said, Keller Williams Rainbow Network is the biggest, like the where most of my referrals come from, and um, so things that I have, I was introduced from them at a family reunion by another Denver agent, Paul Strasberg. Shout out to awesome agents helping other agents. There you go. Um, who, I forget which office he's in. I think he moved. But anyways, um, so he introduced me to the the Rainbow Network at a family reunion in Orlando. It's a great group of people. Um, you know, network with them, build relationships with them at uh, family reunion over the years. Started doing, going to Mega Camp. And, um, and then when the pandemic hit, they took, we, there was nothing going on. So what we did or what some of the agents in the network did is they did, uh, set up a weekly mastermind. So every Wednesday, well, during the pandemic, it was two, two times a week, but now it's every Wednesday. The Rainbow Network has a weekly mastermind. And so we're on there every week, you know, anywhere from 60 to 150 agents get on there every week to mastermind about different things that are going on in our business. Um, and, and, you know, talk about what, 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 what issues they're they're going through and how we can help each other. You know, I brought this up a little bit earlier about 
you know, an agent that couldn't find their niche. And uh, I had a coaching call about two years ago now, and it was a gentleman in Huntington Beach. And he's been in real estate for 20 years. And, you know, I'm talking to him about his business and his database and all this stuff. And it, it just it just wasn't clicking. Like he wasn't like a typical agent. He wasn't encouraged to go out and generate business, you know, and, and to really communicate and have you know, um, social parties or anything, you know? And so digging deeper, he then tells me that he, he's a, he's a gay man and he's been in a relationship with somebody for 20 years, same, same gentleman. And that his database doesn't know his social media doesn't talk about it and he doesn't communicate it at all. And he says, well, you don't understand the, the, the area I'm in is very conservative. And if I do this, I'm going to push people away. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, is there any, you think there's anybody in Huntington Beach that are, that's gay? And he's like, yeah, of course. I said, do you think there's people moving to Huntington Beach that are gay? He says, yeah. I said, who do you think they want to work with? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you think they want to work with the, 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 you know, the conservative agent that, that's you know, not acceptable to that? Or do you think they want to work with you, who's somebody who's been in a 20-year relationship? And you know, we went back and forth around this over probably three conversations. And he just said, I, he's like, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. And he's, again, this is an older gentleman, you know, mm -hmm. and he just grew up in, you know, this, this uh, world that it wasn't acceptable. And even though as acceptable as it is today, he couldn't break through that. So like, you know, as an agent, like you've got to, you've got to be you, mm -hmm. right? And, and just accept that people are going to be there. Uh, there's a great quote out there um, by, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, I can't think of it, but it's it's oh, that we have a fear that if we let our light shine, nobody will be there for us. And we have to let our light shine and know that be, people will be there waiting for us on the other side. Yep. You know? Yeah, there's a similar quote that we talk about in the Rainbow Network all the time is that you have to be yourself so that people can find you. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, that's not a direct quote. Amy Pearson. It's, it's, like it's an Amy Pearson quote. Something. Yeah, yeah, you have to let your light shine because that's the only way that your people can find you. Right. Yeah. I totally slaughtered that yeah. quote, but it's kind of a spin-off of Miriam Williamson. But uh similar, yeah. Yeah. It's a great quote. Um, yeah, I think like talking about that agent and you know, it's not always safe to be out and be proud. You know, yeah. I'm a very out and proud gay man. It's not always safe. And we, that's why we have the conversations. And that's what the cool thing about the Rainbow Network is, is that there we have people on our network that are not out. Yeah. They're not on their market centers, they're not out in their businesses because it's not safe. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a, you know, a business thing. It's also a safety thing. So, um, yeah. Well, you could be in Florida right now. That would be a challenge, wouldn't it? It is. Well, and <laughs> are I we going to get poli political? No, we're not going to go political on this, but <laughs> yeah, we are, but you know, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> we are. We're going to get into this. We're digging deep. No, I mean, you know, uh, you know, we have, I have a client that moved here from Texas because they have a transgender child and it wasn't safe for them to stay in Texas. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot. Of, hap of that that's going to be happening and that's why it's i think it's the agent to agent referral net networks are so important for myself and for other people because it's not safe for some people in certain states well it seems like it'd be a very loyal group too right you know very loyal and you guys support each other the fact that you do masterminds there's not a lot of a lot of other groups that actually do that i would assume you know i'm not going to name any specifically but there's now like 15 or 20 groups in Keller Williams, mm -hmm. different tribes, the way as I look at it. and Affinity um, groups. Yeah. yeah, And not, not all of them actually get together on a regular basis and have that conversation. So that's got to be very supportive and, and also great training too. Well, the cool thing about the Rainbow Network is that our network consists of everybody that is involved in all, or, you know, we can, our rainbow has all, all the different colors that would fit into all those different affinity groups. And so our one of our leaders actually started KW Chispa, which is one of the Hispanic affinity groups. And then we're also helping uh, the Pan-Asian group get started. The Rainbow Network is, we've been around the longest and, um, you know, it's agent founded and led. And so we're helping these other agents build their affinity groups. Is it the biggest group? How many members do you think are in there? We have about 2,000. 2,000, okay. Wow. Yep. That's a good group. I think it's important to note on here that these are inclusive groups, not exclusive. So it's not we're going to work with this demographic and exclude other demographics. It's we're, we're going to focus on this as a messaging 
as a as a participation, but we're not excluding other groups. Just if somebody's listening to this, it could. Yeah. So the Rainbow Network is uh, it is uh, you have to be approved to get it. I don't know how much I'm supposed to say, but <laughs> on that, but it is it's a group um, because it's about safety and yeah. safety is the number one concern. We do. It's not open to anybody. Um, but I mean, as a as an agent, you're not excluding demographics. No, to oh, work with. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Oh, correct. No. Yeah. No, so we, if you're the Pan Asian group, it's not like you're excluding other races. No. Over one. Correct. Okay. Just I just want to clarify that because right. if anybody's listening and they're thinking, "Hey, this doesn't sound fair," right? Right. It's not no. what we're talking about. No, these groups are more about like um, uh, learning, learn, yeah. learning and teaching and uh, figuring out how to how different cultures and different groups need to be served and how we can help them. Yeah. Common interests. And, um, it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, we talked about this in a previous podcast. There's over the last 14 years have been 66,000 people a year moving to Colorado net. That's the yeah. net. Mm-hmm. That doesn't even include the people that are moving to Florida yeah. and, uh, other States. And so the net was 66,000. So that's a lot of referrals that you can get from different groups. And the fact that you can get four or six or eight a year, that makes a huge difference in your business. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact now that you have those people in your database moving forward right. and you're growing your database and then they have friends and they have coworkers and they have neighbors too that you can refer to. And I think to hit that though, you have to participate in the group, right? right. Like you have to be active and you know, you just, to, just, just like anything else, like yeah. people have to see you. Yeah. You have to be engaged. And so what I, what I, diversity is very important to me. So even with, so the way the rainbow network is set up is we consider ourselves like a market center. So our leadership mm-hmm. is the ALC and we have committees. And so we've created a diversity committee and I volunteered on that committee because again, diversity is important to me. And, uh, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I use my privilege as a white man to help, other other people in the in the alphabet of the I call it the gay alphabet. It sounds like the gay mafia, the gay <laughs> alphabet. But you know the LGBTQ so plus so everyone that's not a gay white man. I wanted to make sure that they have a space in our in our network. So um, and because of that, I I had a lot of exposure um, setting up panels, helping moderate panels on different topics, um, different trainings and. Uh, I was actually just invited to be on the leadership. So now I'm on the Killer Williams Rainbow Network leadership. Wow. Okay. Congratulations. How much time would you say you spend on that? Like per month, would you say? Well, the week, uh, an hour on a mastermind every week. Okay. Um, And then two hours a week on, now I'm on two different committees now that I'm on the leadership and then the leader and then an hour for the leadership meeting. So, so four hours a week, maybe 10 hours tops, 10 hours planning and ex- execution. Okay. That's 10 hours per month, month yeah. per month. So 120 hours and you make a hundred thousand dollars yep. in gross. That seems like a pretty good investment to me. That's a pretty good return. Yeah. That's a really good. And thing. you're doing what you enjoy. And, right. And you didn't cost you anything, right? No, no. Nope. And so really, I mean, it's, that's a, that's a brilliant, I think, business plan. You know, you already have these people that you have something in common with, and all you're doing is connecting with them, volunteering, and, and, and then you get referrals from that group of people. And so right. I think that's just awesome. Well, and the cool thing about the Rainbow Network is that we're so loyal to each other and we love and support each other so much that I have agents, you know, you'll, our office has a Facebook page, and you'll see somebody like, who do you know in this state? I'm always going to refer, not always, if it's the right agent, I'm going to refer them to one of my people that's in that state from the rainbow network. Well, other agents in the rainbow network do the same. And I've gotten referrals from, I've gotten calls from agents. They're like, this person from the rainbow network told me you're the person to call for Denver. Hmm. Wow. So I have advocates or, you know, I don't know what the word is. You know, what's interesting about that. I'm sorry to interrupt you is, you know, oftentimes, you know, we talk about, I remember when Kelly Williams was just creasing the hundred thousand agents. And I remember thinking, you know, from an agent perspective, what's really the benefit of it? Right. Like, yeah, you're going to get referrals possibly, you know, and back in the day, you wanted your name to start with a, like my wife, when I was dating her, her last name was Adams. And so she ranked so high on the website that she was like always getting the the referrals because people didn't want to scroll past. They're like, oh, she's pretty. Oh, let's go there. I'm not going to hit the next button. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I was uh, wondering if you were going to bring that up, actually. I mean, you know, she's got an advantage over you. She does have an advantage. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's not just the last name. Depends <laughs> who you're speaking of. <laughs> so true. But um, but the advantage of being in that, how big is Keller now? 180,000 agents? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're going to be in a company that's this big, you got to know how to play that to your advantage and participating in a group is a smart way to do that. That's right. Find your niche. Because that's it. Because you just find something you have in common with other people yep. and join that group. Yep. I mean, it's, that's easy. You know, it's easy. And you have to participate. Right. You can't just be somebody in the back of the room who is not, uh, you know, not known or, or not involved, right? Yep. You have to participate. I mean, well, KW Commercial isn't really that much different e- either, I think, because they have a group yep. and they have a, all the agents here who don't do commercial have the opportunity to give referrals to our commercial agents here. And they have an opportunity to receive those leads and close deals and pay referral fees out. KW Luxury. KW Luxury and KW Land. You know, there's a whole bunch of them now. And it seems like every month there's new ones coming up. You know, but I think the, the main lesson of this is join a group. Just get involved in something. Participate. So I think what big organizations do when they're really effective is they, they create these smaller organizations within the bigger organization. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Keller Williams is doing right now. And you just need to find the smaller organization to, be, to join to be part of. And, and if you can't find it, make it. Yeah. Well, and something that I was thinking about when I was listening, I forget which, which of the episodes I was listening to earlier, but we live in the economy, or excuse me, the com- community economy mm-hmm. with Uber and all these gig jobs. It's all about community, mm-hmm. um, Airbnb, we live in the community economy, so find your community and make that your business. That's, that's what I've done. Yeah, That is great advice right there. So are most of these referrals people that are moving from out of state, or are they living here currently and they're looking for an agent, would you say? It's a mix of both. A mix? Yep, mix them both. 50-50? Um, I would say, yeah, probably about 50-50. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because everybody always says that everybody knows 10 realtors already. Right. Isn't that interesting? You know, they're looking for the person that they can know, like, and trust and have something in common with. But what's the NAR, start, NAR stat that nobody remembers the name of the real estate agent? Yeah. So true. I always say, you know, you know, when was the last time you bought a car? And then people tell you, I'm like, okay, what was your salesman's name? Oh. Salesperson. Salesperson. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, what's, what's your salesperson's name? You know, and they go, uh, I don't remember. You know, it's because Why? I haven't heard from them. They haven't followed up. You know, so did true. you like them? Yeah. Would you buy another car? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that because this morning, uh, my wife got a text message from a salesperson that sold us a car. It has to have been 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Asking if we want to come and trade in that car. And I was like, that was like four cars ago. 10 years ago. <laughs> Talk about a system. Yeah. You know, it is. It's interesting, you know, that uh, uh, they have the data. Right. And it's the same thing with agents. We have the data, we have the names, we have the address yep. and we don't stay in contact. You know, you get your check and you don't think about 10 years down the road, but both of us have been doing this for 26 plus years now. And so we've had multiple people buy and sell multiple times. And, um, I think that's important. You know, you don't know if it's going to be one year, three years, five years, 15 years. You never know. Well, you know, I mean, this is, you know, I suppose it's public information. You know, I'm getting back in and I'm going back through my database. And, you know, they all all moved. It's windled down, (laughs) you know, and I'm going through right now calling them. And I I was, we, Brandon and I were talking off offline is I'm I'm like starting new again, right? Mm -hmm. Like a brand new agent. And I'm going back through my database and calling them and saying, hey, you know, you want to grab coffee, you want to grab lunch, which is not my personality, right? Like that is not easy for me to do. And so why are you doing that? <laughs> well, because what I, what is your to personality? Do, what I agreed to do <laughs> on Myers-Briggs ENTP, if you want to know. Um, but what I'm trying to do is find out who in my database is still wants to be in contact with me, who where are they? Where where are they in life? Are they even still in this home? You know, and uh, that's it's hard. It's, yeah, I can know. imagine those calls. You're probably like, "Hey, what's it been like? Two, three years?" And they're like, 
18, 19. Oh, wow. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember them. Like, I read their name. I have, I have no recollection of some of them. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of them. Huh, interesting. Yeah, this is a whole new experience for me, so we'll have to check in and see how it goes. Oh, I'm sure it's going to go great. Okay, getting back to uh, Brandon. So what, else, so what else do you do that you think you're really good at that's leading to business? Uh, I'm very social. Um, so, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm really, um, I'm an activist. I'm deep in my community. I support LGBT community or organizations in Colorado. Um, one Colorado is one of the organizations that I support. Um, I don't know if I, well, the executive director just bought a house with me, which was pretty awesome. There you go. After being a supporter for a while, which is pretty awesome. Um, that's not why I did it. I did it because I love my community. But it's a good. Return. I think that was important to say. You yeah, know, you're not doing it for the referrals. That's right. just a byproduct of participating. Exactly. Yep. Um, what else? Um, my husband and I. So just thinking about things because I knew you were going to ask. What are the things that I do? Because I don't do the normal things a real estate agent does. So I talked about the monthly happy hours. My husband and I also host two holiday or two parties a year. We do a Halloween party and then we do a Pride party. We've been doing them for about four years and. Uh, COVID, they were much smaller, but um, I think last year we had about 200 people at our pride party and we invite our community. We invite our friends. They invite their friends. I invite clients. Um, you know, anybody within, within our community gets invited and then um, they bring their people and then our community just grows from there. Mm-hmm. Where do you have that? At my house. At your house. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a big rager, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you want to? It's wanna, getting a little tight. <laughs> do you want to tell everybody the date? And I'm just kidding. Yeah. No. So. Saturday of Pride. <laughs> okay. And so, um, wow, okay. All so are welcome. Basically, you know, you're just, you're just being really social and just meeting people. You know, it's, it's funny, like there was a, uh, you probably remember this, but one of the things that I used to say um, about how you get business is I used to say you call people, you see people. Mm-hmm. That's it, right? The more conversations you have with people doesn't necessarily even have to be just about real estate, but the more people, you know, the more people you talk to, the more business you're going to get. So it sounds like a lot of your business is that in all aspects. Yeah. I mean, my goal is just to be in community with people and when they have a need, then I'm there to help them. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I was, uh, I'm not finished with the episode about with Tom Spaulding, but oh my gosh, Tommy, I want to be his friend. He sounds awesome. He's a great guy. Yeah. And like, I think that's, you know, relationships are really important to me. Um, I don't want to, I'm not, I don't consider myself a salesperson. I don't want to come off as salesy. So I don't, you know, I don't never bring up, I normally don't bring up real estate, but you know, people know what I do. So yeah, that's the key is, is like, they know what you do. Right. Right. So you mentioned that you had a database of, I think you said it's like 1500, 1600 people Mm -hmm. of that database. How many of those people do you think you have a really strong relationship with? Like they, they know you, they, you know, if, if you texted them, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I got a text from, you know, my buddy or whatever. Like, what's the what's the breakdown of that, would you say? I would probably say about 300 people. Okay. If I had to guess, but I don't know the exact number because mm-hmm. I've never in my database. <laughs> you, you, you mentioned that earlier. So I'm assuming you're, you, what's, your, what's the name of your operations person? Michael Stewart. Michael. So does Michael manage it? Yeah. Okay. Michael manages your database and the communication, call it marketing communication yep, through exactly. the database. Yeah. And mainly it's, it's uh, email, um, postcards, and social media. So when, when Brian said, if you were to text them, you're thinking, ah, that's not going to happen. Oh, no, I w- I'll text my people. Oh. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go into my database and like, look for them, but my f- you know, I have my phone. If they're in my database, they're most likely in my phone. Are you kind of like a top of mind person? You're like, oh, I was just thinking of this person. Bam, shoot them a text or sh- give them a call, shoot them a message. Yeah. I, I, birthdays, I love birthdays. I think they're important. So that's okay. when I always try to, I always try to hit people with the birthday text. Mm-hmm. And how are you informed? Does Michael call you and or Michael shoot you? Hey, here's everybody's birthdays. Or are you just on social media? I'm telling you my secrets, Facebook. Facebook sends you an email every morning with everybody's birthdays. It does. I'm like, this is annoying. I told you more people are on Facebook than, you know, your mom and my mom. So you didn't, you told me like in the very beginning of this, you were like, nobody uses Facebook anymore. I know. I can't stand it. Yeah. If I could shut it off, I would. If I wasn't in real estate, I don't know if I'd be on social media. 
But, TikTok. But I TikTok. use it a lot for Jeez. activism stuff. So Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what system uh, Michael uses for your database? I know that we use command. Okay. But you don't know how to use it yourself. Uh, that's okay. You can probably it. not. That's okay. I think that's, I that's not a bad thing. I my way through it, but no. There's a, this, is, this has happened a couple of times where people were... A lot. They, they were like, well, we use command, and, and you could tell they don't know what to do yeah. or how to do it. That's totally great. Yeah. You know? And I think the point is, is like we want to have a system that somebody can execute. It doesn't have to be you. Right. Mm-hmm. Michael does it for you. So you can really focus on what you do best, which is building relationships. Yep. Yeah, I'd rather be out with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't be ashamed of that. I think that's awesome. I think that's great. That's probably the number one aha I've got from doing this podcast is the vast majority of people don't manage the database themselves. They either have a VA or they're outsourcing it or they have their operations manager manage it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does he give you like tasks to do every day? No. No? <laughs> no, you didn't. I asked that. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. Asked and answered. Okay. And so <laughs> no tasks. You, you, he does everything. He runs all the back office stuff. Yep. And so all these people are being contacted through command uh, for you. We also use MailChimp. I do know that. Okay. Yep. Brent is just out there living his best life. I am. He's, 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 <laughs> I really am. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> well, do it. You know, it's funny you say that because there's so many people out there that are doing well in real estate and they're miserable. Oh, yeah. You know, and there's this, um, this attitude and I, you know, there's certainly people who do really well and make a ton of money and they work their butts off and everything. And, um, at the same time, like they get burnt out. Yeah. They get burnt out really fast, you know? And I think COVID really, uh, emphasized that a lot. Mm. Um, or also the other thing that emphasized it was the market when, you had 15 minutes to show a house and then your buyer had five minutes to decide. And then you run an offer and you're competing with 30 people. COVID, it's right. happening right now. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's and what I kind of <laughs> touched true. on earlier is that we went through crazy COVID, 18 months of insanity where we, you couldn't breathe. You just go, 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 go. No time to make decisions. You have to like yeah. figure it out, go, yeah. make, do it. And then when the interest rates went up and the market slowed down, a bunch of real estate agents were freaking out. Like, what are we going to do? And I kept telling people, calm down. This, you know, the interest rate went up at the same time that we typically see in, in a normal year cycle. Yeah. The seasonal, the seasonal market. Yeah. I was like, calm down, take the time to rest, take the time to get ready because next spring things are going to heat back up. And, you know, I've talked to some agents and it is heating up and some agents are still, I don't, they're still freaking out. So, isn't that fascinating when you think about that? Is it's the same market. So one, my next question for you then is, you know, you are in the top three for the first quarter, right? So what changed? How did that happen? Like all of a sudden your business just kind of exploded overnight, right? I mean, I, I did. I was on the top 10 list a few times last year. So I, don't, I wouldn't say it's like much different than last year, except that I think it was mindset for the, because what I did last year, I'm on track to do by June. So it was what you did. And last year was my best year ever. So do you think it was what you did the last six months of last year that got you the business so far this quarter? Yeah. Okay. I, well, I think, it's, I think it's that and also co- just compounding interest from all the work that I've been doing. I have a coach that I started working with at the beginning of last year. Um, and so just like getting – he works with Michael to get all our systems in check and – we talk about that too. I don't really know the details. Oh, that's but. cool. That's super cool. So, so let me ask you, when you said mindset, is it the difference between uh, you and other agents that are not seeing success? Is it a not the sky is falling attitude? Well, I think when you think the sky is falling, what kind of conversations are you having with your clients and what kind of energy are you putting out there to the public? Real estate is a psychological business. It's a, it's all psychological. If you know, if you're not educating your, your seller and they're just going off their feelings and like what they see their neighbor's house sells for, then it's, you know, that's what they're thinking. So if you have realistic conversations with your clients about what's happening, you know, this is what the interest rates have gone up. Interest rates are where they probably should be. Mm-hmm. Right. The sky is not falling. Mm. The market is not crashing. You know, prices, as you, you said in the market, um, stats, 
uh, podcast, the interest and uh, the values are still going up. There's still not enough homes out there for everybody that wants to buy a home. Not to mention the fact now the average uh, number of years that a person owns a home is over 10. Mm-hmm. And so 10 years from now, everything is going to be worth more than it is today. Right. Sean's looking at me like he disagrees with me on that. But no, I'm, honestly, I know I'm right. No, know you I'm know right. what I was thinking? This is such a funny thing is I was sitting here thinking, boy, I wish I could put a filter over my reactions. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I could react internally to because I, you know, I, I love to research. I love to read, mm-hmm. you know, and I get caught up in the rabbit hole, the rabbit hole and the reaction to, you know, wanting to respond to the short term things that are occurring. Right. And I'm like, oh, right. There's an opportunity or, oh, better bunker, bunk, bunker down the hatches. Right? <laughs> I don't even know if that's correct. Or, yeah. But whatever it is, I want to do that. And so I'm sitting here. I've, I was thinking about, boy, if I could just filter those things. Right. If I could just be better about filtering those and just not pushing that energy out because I can I can get wrapped up in that. I mean, we tell ourselves all the time we don't control the market. We interpret the market. So why worry about something you can't control? Because you want to get ahead of it, right? Or but, respond but you, to but it. But if you or, can't control it, then just yeah. have realistic expectations, set, set realistic expectations, have realistic conversations with your clients and keep moving forward. Okay, this term realistic is the problem. <laughs> here's the rabbit hole. I'm going to cut you off from that because here's what I'm going to tell you. Like, we will go down for everybody, that rabbit hole. You, it still comes back to you are or will become what you talk about most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening to negative stuff, if you're listening to about how the economy is going to fall apart, I mean, how long have they been talking about that? Like I, I brought that up, that article that a, uh, it was like an AI article that was written in 2018, and they predicted the Denver market was going to crash and lose 35% in 2019. That didn't happen, but all the data said this is going to happen. And as long as people are moving here and there's no inventory, then there's no way the prices are going to go down. And right now when you have three, five, seven, fifteen 15 people making offers on the same property, that's a lot of people that want the same property. Well, and you can't control the way things are getting responded to, right? Like the government, you know, recently, you know, they just yeah. talked about they are changing the um, cost of mortgages for people with under three, right? Three eighty or I'm Something. sorry, six eighty FICAs and with yeah. less than twenty percent down. And you know, people are losing their minds about it. But if you think about that demographic, it's actually pretty smart to do that because what it's doing is it's trying to get people who don't own homes into homes, right? right? That's what that's specifically trying to do. It's trying to get people who are only already own a home. Not to fuel the market. It's trying to get people who don't own a home into the market. So I get what's going on. The messaging was horrible about it. Like, it, like say what you're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and it would have made sense. And the real estate community would have got, got behind it and said, oh, we're helping renters become buyers. Like, this makes sense. Instead of, we're just going to sneak this out. Hopefully nobody says anything, right? Right. Um, but I get wrapped up into that. You know, I get wrapped up into that. How do we take advantage of this, and how do we, you know, respond to this? You know, so I don't know. How I mean, what, went down what you were saying trail. is that it's a supply and demand. Do you have any signs or know of anything? Please tell me if the supply is going to increase in in the Denver market. The only thing that I could see, Josh, you should see our faces. <laughs> Unless no. aliens are bringing housing, <laughs> you know, there's always catastrophic events. Like you know, if we COVID, if well, COVID fire at the same time, like. Yeah. Okay. You know, COVID was an interesting one because I think what happened there is um, a lot of people, I think, decided they wanted more space because the whole family was there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you remember like having your your kids like, you know, doing school in your house and you're trying to work and everything. I mean, or if you I think the biggest the biggest thing was not having to commute. You're right. That was the biggest. And so people say, I want to I want to work out of the house. And now. People are going back to the office again. Yep. Like we could have easily predicted that because you can't be as effective at home as you can in an office environment. Okay. But they're not flooding back to the office. No, but they're slowly trickling and you've got all yeah. kinds of companies saying you got to get back here. So I don't know that COVID was a good example, but if, if we went to war, if there was something like along that mm-hmm. lines, then I think that all bets are off. Okay. But at the same time, I mean, it really comes down to Denver has not 
built enough houses over the last 14 years when the population of Colorado grew by a million people, and a lot of those people moved in and around the Denver metro area. Yeah, and Colorado Springs, Colorado Springs, Colorado Springs, and, and Northern Colorado, right? The yeah. front. Let's call it the Front Range. Front Range. Right. Okay. And so, um, anybody that's been in Colorado for a long period of time, you used to drive from Denver downtown to Fort Collins, and once you pass like Westminster, there was nothing, and mm-hmm. now there's houses everywhere, right. and we're running out of places to build. And so, we need more construction, new construction. We need to build more houses as long as the population goes continues to go up. There's one thing that I can think of that could cause um, the market to go in chaos. There's a lot of Wall Street companies that went out and bought thousands and thousands of houses, especially in that entry-level first-time homebuyer mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I know of one specifically that owns over 1,000 houses in the Denver metro area. Um, if they wake up one day and they go, we're selling them all, that would be interesting. But there's I, only but, one thing that would cause that to happen. What's that? Rents would have to drop. It could be. It could be. But you also have to remember that they also bought them with cash. Mm-hmm. And so they're cash flowing on everything. Mm-hmm. But if they wanted to cash out and they wanted their, their money, then I think that would be interesting and it'd be really fun too. Because who's the, first, or who's the buyer that's been locked out of this market for the last 10 years? First-time homebuyer. First-time homebuyers. Yeah. Which is a massive group of people that are renting yeah. that would love to buy. In fact, the number of first-time home buyers, the percentage, according to NAR, last month was 18%. Yeah. 18%. That's typically anywhere from 25 to 35%. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's at a low right now. So first-time home buyers are saying, we're going to sit on the sidelines, or we don't have the money, or we don't like the interest rates, or whatever. You know, the, the bottom line is, is like, I mean... If you buy a house, you're going to make money. Well, there's another unique thing in Colorado that doesn't occur throughout the United States, which is the construction defect lawsuits. So, you know, in the 80s and 90s, there was tons of condo developments, right? And as a developer, that was like what you started out as. You know, you didn't go out and build mcmansions you you built you know four plexes and nine plexes and and you kind of got into that but the construction defect lawsuits you're too small to risk those kind of things so what did people do instead is they built these giant apartment buildings and then waited out the i think it's seven years you have to wait for the construction defect lawsuits to pass and then you could condoize them but what ended up happening is it didn't make sense to sell them so they built these Apartments. They were making so much money on rent. Mm-hmm. They were making so much money. They're yeah, like, ah, cool, we'll keep it. Because when they <laughs> when they started, um, the rent was you know thousand dollars, and now yeah. it's three times that. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, so getting back to you. Yeah. What are we <laughs> talking about? <laughs> so this is a point you were bringing up, though, is there's not enough yeah. housing. Right. I mean, supply. It's simple principles of supply and demand. There's not enough housing. And the other the other thing that we haven't talked about yet is all those people that refinance and their interest rates in two per, at two percent. Why would you sell? Yeah. So if you could wave a wand and fix it, what would you do? Well, I, I will. While you're oh. thinking about how to answer that question, I still think real estate is a transaction that happens because of a change in people's lives. For the most part, there are definitely people who wake up one day and they go, "Oh, you know, I think I want to buy a house today." But most people, it's because they have something happen to them or their family. And so even though you have a 2%, people are, you know, 3%, people are still going to buy a house if they need a bigger house because they're having another kid or, they're, or their kids are leaving, right. you know? And one of the things I see a I, lot I of... I, I don't think that that's the reason today. Because if, if their kids are leaving, there's lots of big houses with two people living in it. Or, yeah, but or, there's a lot of people downsizing and moving out of the state too. But that's different. Moving out of the state is, isn't my kids moved out. Okay. Well, but if you don't have to sell, why don't you keep that house as a rental? They, sh- yeah. they probably should. And that's they conversations should. I'm having with a lot of my sellers yeah. is they call me and they're like, we want to sell. And I'm like, okay, that's great. I would love to sell your house. But what would it look like if you kept this as a rental? Yeah. You're not and helping so- things by telling people we need inventory. There's a it's lot. It's not my job Jesus. to fix the real estate market. It's my job to serve my people. <laughs> wow. You know what? And here's the thing. There's, there's so many people who say they want to buy a rental property. They already have one. Right. Yeah. Right. And so buy your next home to be your principal you residence. You just said that inventory was the issue. Where's this inventory going to come from? And I just said, That's how are you going to fix it? And market. now you're not fixing it, Brandon. It's not my job to fix the market. <laughs> 
That's my job to help. Anyway, people. we've run out of time. So oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> this is just getting good. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, everything was good. And so, um, I want to thank you now, if anybody wants to get in contact with you, because now we have listeners from New York and Chicago and Seattle and oh, like, no. there was one from uh, Peru the other day. There's some from Mexico. Oh, that's awesome. And so, you know, we're starting to kind of go viral in a way. I mean, it's pretty awesome. I don't know about that. But anyway, the, my point so is proud. there are people that are listening should be. all over the world. I can say that now, all over the world. And so if they want to get in contact with you or find out a little bit more about you and your business, how can they get in contact with you? Or the most important thing, send me a referral. Exactly. That's the piece you missed. Um, so Instagram, we're at the Bestin Homes team. Bestin is B as in boy, E-S-T-O-N. Homes is plural, team is singular. Facebook, Bestin Homes team. And then my phone number is 720-323-7807. You know what? I've always wanted to do this. So if you're listening to this podcast, everybody text Brandon right now. And just yeah. say thank you because you this was a wonderful it. podcast. I thought it was very cool. You got to hit that button back 15 seconds twice and catch his number. <laughs> and then text him right now. Or and, become and add your name so I can save your number. Yeah. Facebook friends or Instagram friends. I mean, uh, that's one of the things I want to come out of this is that you create more connections. Okay. Awesome. So, anyway, thank you for your time. Appreciate uh, the uh, opportunity to talk to you about your business. And we'll talk to everybody soon.